This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents, the show all about personal finance. And I'm Sim Weeboon. Being a single parent is probably one of the toughest things to do. And it comes with a lot of responsibilities. You have to meet your work obligations, go grocery shopping, make dinner, do the laundry and make sure the kids go to school on time. And if that weren't enough, all the financial burden falls on you. And that might just be your most important role. So how does a single parent go about it? What are the challenges in store for you? Joining me to discuss this and give some advice is Guna Silankanan, a licensed financial planner with Blueprint Planning. Good morning and welcome to the show, Guna. Okay, so let's start off uh, with uh, my first question. What can you tell me about the challenges that a single parent will have, especially coming from a financial planning angle? So from the uh, financial planning uh, perspective, uh, we actually have uh, two main components in financial planning. Uh, The first one is actually the cash flow and the second one is actually the network. The cash flow is actually consists of the income and also the uh, expenses and the network is actually the the asset and the liabilities uh, which that single parent has. So from a cash flow perspective, generating income to sustain their lifestyle will be really challenging. Since uh, the single parent is the only sole breadwinner compared to a, a farm, whereby uh, both parents, actually the, the father and the mother, uh, both bringing the income for the family, uh, the responsibility for the single parent will be much heavier. And uh, to continuously uh, bring the needed income that is from the cash flows uh, perspective. Uh, next, from the network perspective, the single parent also has to build the needed assets to fund the children's education, and he has to, he or she have to plan for his or her herself retirement and paying off all the liabilities. So these are the main two challenges I see from a single parent's perspective. So how does uh, the single parent, like, what should they tackle first? Is it the cash flow or the net worth or are they interrelated when it comes to addressing these challenges? Definitely it's interrelated because if you don't manage your cash flow, then we we can't increase our assets. Huh? We, we can't, ma- we can't uh, develop our network. And at the same point of time, we cannot reduce our liabilities. So the core thing here is actually the cash flow. Whether you want to increase your network, um, you want to reduce your liability, we have to go back to the cash flow because the cash flow is the one is going to provide the resources. Okay, so before we tackle cash flow, I want to try to understand also because, you know, a single parent, you could be a single mother or a single father, but what would be the differences in the challenges for a single mother versus a single father, especially in Malaysia? I think as a single mother or single father, uh, there's no much different. Huh? So usually single parents um, want to get involved in children's activities. Um, this might be a challenge. Huh? So by gender-wise, I think it's the same. Uh, same. Uh, since um, they need to balance up between career and family and because of the time constraint, it can affect their income because you definitely, um, to uh, progress in career, you need to spend time. At the same time, you are also required to be at home to spend time with the children. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my auntie, uh, she's 
a single parent actually and uh, she runs the restaurant so i guess uh, the biggest challenge here is to uh, provide both the money and time to the uh, children uh, another challenge is uh, actually to play both role eh? if i'm a single mother then i also sometimes have to become a father eh? father if i'm a um, single uh, father at some point of time i need to become a uh, mother so that there is a challenge eh? to to play a dual role i also feel that sometimes you know uh, there is no support eh? support like uh, sometimes you know my wife also say i'm tired you know i give a tap uh, behind her back and say hey, you are doing a good job so this emotional uh, is is actually lacking in uh, single parents i think this is my personal opinion uh, see with that said then what do you think are the more common mistakes that single parents make when it comes to financial planning so since uh, since the uh, one of the parents is is not around uh, so the single parent tries to compensate the emptiness of the father or mother so sometimes they use uh, materialistic things to compensate this emptiness since the father is not around or the mother is not around uh, you know the children um, when they you know sometimes they become rebel and uh, they try to compensate uh, to 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 rectify this uh, they buy expensive things so they want to actually uh, compensate uh, the the emptiness i think this is one of the uh, mistake uh, they, they shouldn't do second uh, on financial uh, financial planning perspective um, they don't have budget um, they don't keep track of their income and expenses if if you are a uh, em- employee then uh, tracking income is not a problem if you are a uh, business owner then uh, keeping track of your income is is very important and um, um, you also uh, need to keep track of all your expenses i myself i myself actually i keep track of all my expenses because without the income and expenses information it's it's very difficult for make any future financial decision so budget is very important um sometimes the single parent also get into a high debt ratio they take a personal loan credit card higher purchase mortgage loan so this this actually is making things more difficult more difficult for them to progress from a network perspective they want to increase their network it's going to be very difficult and last one most common mistake they a single parent normally they don't develop a financial plan some think actually buying a financial product is financial plan it's totally different what is a financial plan can do and a financial product can do is is totally different maybe you can break it down then what what's the difference between really having a financial plan and just buying a financial product a financial plan is a comprehensive financial plan is actually a, it's a, it's an eagle view it shows your cash flow um, are you having a surplus or negative cash flow uh, what is your asset position what is your uh, liabilities position um, is your asset is more than your liability is your assets are performing according to your required return needed return a financial plan also it's it give you it's it navigate navigate how much retirement fund is needed what is the cap how much i accumulated today and what is the cap and how much money i need to start save what is the strategy we going to plan compared to just buying a financial product sometimes people go and buy a insurance product so hoping this this money will be available for their retirement so the question rise here is that sufficient enough 
insurance product or the unit trust product which they purchase. Is that sufficient enough? Okay, so having the financial plan is the probably just the start of it, the, the the most important aspect before you go on this journey. What do you think are like maybe the top things to consider first when a single parent is to have a financial plan? Where do they even start? I think once there is a, an income is is already uh, available for the single parent, they need to start plan. There is there is no you know I'm going to start after six months or after a year. There there is no such thing. Once there is an income. We only start managing money. We need to start a financial plan. Okay, so um, let's maybe go to a, a question that I think many parents usually ask. I've reached out to a few individuals who are single parents themselves, and this is one of the questions that we got back. Hello. Okay, so I guess the basics would be when to start prepping funds for school. What are the brackets of cost for different types of school? And how much will inflation impact all of this, regardless of how much planning you do? So, what's your advice for that question then? Okay, when do I need to start preparing for um, funds for school? I think uh, once they are born, uh, the, the child is born, we need to start uh, planning on this. The uh, education system uh, have, have changed, uh, transformed a lot. Uh, today, we have many options. Uh, whether our children is going to go to a government school, or our children is going to go for a private school, or it's an international school, the option is there. Uh, because of this, we need to start planning immediately once they are born. That's my personal opinion. I did this for my, my, my daughter, actually. Uh, I did this for my daughter. We also have to think ahead. Uh, if the child is actually going to finish their primary education, secondary education, then they're going to move, move into the tertiary education. Is the fund is already available uh, for their tertiary. The second question is, um, what are the options we have uh, and what are the costs uh, cost for uh, education system? If you send your children to government school, I guess the cost is around 1,000 annually. And um, the private school and the international school fees can go from a range uh, RM12,000 to RM80,000 annually. Eh? It's actually depending on the school we, we choose. The third question was, uh, what is the inflation rate, which is estimated uh, in Malaysia, is, is range from 4 to 7%. That's the range of uh, education inflation. And when do we start uh, planning? Eh? When do we start the financial plan? The financial planning is uh, actually a, a continuous process. I suggest once um, the planning is done, we need to check regularly. Are we on track at least once a year? Uh, so this is my uh, opinion. Eh? for who want to start planning and then they want to keep uh, checking uh, checking on their uh, progress. Okay, we're going to take a short break for some messages. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sands. I'm Sim Wee Boon and with me is Guna Silan Kanan, a licensed financial planner from Blueprint Planning. We're talking about financial planning for single parents. So let's shift our conversation now to building emergency funds and insurance. And let's start with emergency funds. How then should a single parent think about building emergency funds? I, I always think that a single parent has to give first priority for emergency funds. Why I say this, uh, since uh, they are the sole uh, breadwinner in the family. So in case anything happens to them, if there is an emergency fund is available, there is a breathing space. For the person, um, I suggest uh, have at least one year buffer, uh, one year buffer of emergency fund. And how do we calculate the amount of emergency fund? You sum up your monthly expenses 
and times with 12. If we go to say for one year, if it's six months, we times it six months. And then we also have to take consideration of our annual expenses. I'll give you an example, uh, our car insurance, um, sometimes the insurance premium, uh, life insurance premium we pay is annual payment. Um, there are many other expenses which we pay annually. Uh, so you need to take consideration of the monthly expenses and also the annual expenses. And save, for, uh, save that for at least a year. So once you sum up the monthly expenses and also the annual expenses, you save that at least for a year. In this case, when you have this emergency fund, if you lost your job, or you want to take a break, it will be possible uh, possible for you to do that. Uh, so that's very important. So normally as a single parent, when you set a financial goal, uh, emergency fund should be the first financial goal. So, so you would suggest to build the emergency funds first, then only look at the education fund if, if we're going to go by that order. Definitely, Sim. Uh, definitely, because um, you see, education fund. Uh, let's say you know, I'm I'm now I'm aiming or planning to send my daughter to Australia. Uh, so that's my plan. Uh, it's my plan. Uh, in case uh, the fund is not sufficient, I still I, I still can compromise. Maybe she can do a, a two plus one two years in Malaysia, one year in overseas. Or the worst scenario, I I still can uh, fund her education locally. Uh, I can do something. There is an odd option. But uh, emergency fund, when the situation arises and uh, the fund is not available, uh, so uh, worst scenario, we lost our job. And uh, that is very stressful. Uh, so the priority should be given to emergency fund before we plan our children's education, before we plan our retirement fund or holiday, whatever is your goal, you want to buy a house, emergency fund should be the top priority. And where does insurance come into this conversation then? Because especially for Malaysians, right? Most of us look at insurance as something that you have to have. But I think many people don't realize that there are very different types of insurance out there. And, you know, specific ones might not be suited for you. So how does a single parent approach insurance? What's important? What should they get first? Uh, are there any products that's more specific to a single parent? First thing, we need to be very clear, uh, insurance is one of the most important things for single parents. Uh, financial factors uh, to take consideration before you buy. First, the amount of debt you have, uh, the amount of fund needed for your children's education and cost of raising a child. So these, these three things should be uh, a main factors to understand how much coverage do I need. So example, uh, for myself, let's say I have a mortgage about half a million. Uh, that's one of the factor. Number two, I'm going to send my, my daughter to Australia. I need another 500,000. And then raising a child maybe costs you about 20,000 a year, 30,000 a year, times with another 15 years, 10 years. Then you get the, the sum. You, you already know how much is the total insurance coverage I need. Uh, it's a very simple calculation. Uh, we call it need basis. Uh, we, we can go very technical, very deeper to get more information. Next, in my opinion, uh, priority should be given to term insurance. You already know how much coverage you need. Second is to get a term insurance. Uh, it comes with lower premium and you get a higher coverage. This should be uh, uh, the first thing you should start getting for yourself. Second, additionally, uh, medical coverage is important too, uh, not only for the single parent, but for the 
family itself. So do you think we should, the, the parents should look into life insurance first, then medical insurance or the other way around? If can, get both together. That's my suggestion. If, if can't, that's a budget constraint, then get the term insurance, uh, the life uh, insurance first, then you can move on. Uh, because we still have an option. If um, we take the um, medical coverage, that means you want to go to a private hospital. In case we can't go to private hospital, that is an option. We still can go to the government uh, hospital. But for the life insurance, if you are not around, there is no any other option. The children need the fund. So we do have another clip from, from another single parent. So I think another one um, that would be great to find out also is specific tips for saving and investing for different types of salary brackets, like how to optimally save and invest for not only just a rainy day, but for an actual comfortable future. So instead of of uh, saving and investing for like an egg's nest, maybe something that will passively contribute to your current lifestyle and better that current lifestyle, right? First, as a single parent, we need to build this habit, saving habit. Uh, that's the first ultimate. Uh, without saving, we cannot invest. So the, the first thing is actually to build the habit of saving. My suggestion is um, try to save at least 30% of your income. Uh, so that means in, uh, if I'm earning uh, 5,000 ringgit a month, uh, I should allocate at least 30% of my income uh, as a saving. That's about 1,500. Um, usually what happens is when my uh, income bracket is increased, uh, from, I, maybe I, from a 5,000 uh, income, I'm moving on into uh, 7,000, 8,000 income bracket. What happens is actually my expenses also increases. So this is a very natural thing. So when income increases, we tend to increase our expenses also. So um, I suggest we take this benchmark. Now second, I always uh, say this to everyone. Um, I, I also learned this from uh, Danny Wong. Uh, treat investment as a football game. If you have about uh, 10,000, 10, uh, 50,000, you should you should be a defender huh? it, you 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 think as a uh, football player huh? so that in football game there is a defender that's a midfielder and there is a striker so if 50 percent of your portfolio uh, should should focus as a defender maybe 30 percent as a as a moderate huh? moderate risk huh? and 20 percent as it behaves like a striker so if it's a striker they can take a higher risk huh? then you can invest into stock can go to into crypto maybe huh? if you if you're if you're comfortable right and the person that you were referring to was danny wong the ceo of areca capital a licensed fund manager okay now let's talk about retirement planning how should a single parent approach this yeah first is um i suggest you know when uh, you are a single parent um Emotionally, uh, what happened is, you know, we, we we want to take care of our children. So we, we start thinking about giving the best to the children. And uh, we actually, uh, in the financial goal, the last uh, list is actually retirement uh, planning. So that is actually uh, not uh, good. Uh, I will suggest that you start your retirement planning as early as possible. If you're an employee, if you have an opportunity, you have some savings, you know, uh, EPF have given you to contribute additional. It can go up to 60,000 a year. So my top priority, I will say, take that EPF uh, contribution first. Second, 
once uh, you have EPF contribution, you can look for uh, other investment instrument. Uh, example, Amana Saham. Um, you can go for unit trust product, uh, but you don't go in a heavy proportions. Uh, so you have about five thousand annually to 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 invest, and then your proportion should be about um, one thousand into insurance product, maybe ten or twenty percent of your proportion go to insurance product. Don't keep all your investment into insurance product, unit trust. Uh, that's where danger uh, lies. Okay, so we've we've covered a lot, covered a lot of uh, tips and a lot of uh, factors. You know, we we talked about retirement, we talked about emergency funds, we talked about making education fund. I think to maybe make it a bit more simple for the listeners. I mean, how would you advise? Maybe just a roundabout formula. How would you advise someone who's a single parent? What's the formula? You know, how much should they dedicate to savings? How much to investment? Yeah, so this one it's actually depend on their income bracket. Uh, let's say you are in B forty category. You know. Uh, in these questions, uh, um, I'm in B40 category. My income is about 1,500. Uh, what do you expect me to save? But you know, in general, in general, the habit of saving it should it should start. Uh, it should start whenever we have less money. Uh. In general, you have uh, you you can allocate 30% for saving, 50% for debt repayment, and the balance 50% uh, is for your expenses. Uh, so this is a, a simple proportion I can suggest. See. Do you think it's better for single parents? Let's assume this applies to an M40 listener. Do you suggest that um, maybe when it comes to a place to live, renting is more advantageous than actually planning to buy a place because it helps address the cash flow? Yeah, definitely looking at a current scenario because of the demand and supply on the property market, advantage goes to the uh, person who want to rent. In short term, uh, I agree. Uh, I agree um, rental is better. But uh, looking at long-term thing, uh, uh, when we get old, we, we don't want uh, we don't want much changes. We want to get, we want to retire. We want to stay at home and then we want to manage our, ourselves. Um, I think uh, you need a home for yourself. Well, lastly, budget 2022 is coming. What would you like to see from budget 2022 in terms of perhaps incentives or help that the government can give to parents and single parents? Uh, definitely the child relief will be the biggest uh, contribution for the tax relief uh, for single parent. Uh, so currently, um, they only provide about 1,000 ringgit. That's, uh, I think it's, it's too low too low to raise a child uh, in Malaysia today. So I think uh, if the government can consider, they can increase the child relief. And that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Guna Silankanan, a licensed financial planner from Blueprint Planning. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We've got the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Sim Wee Boon, signing off for the morning run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.